It's a film with three brains. 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 Oh my god, you guys are freaks. Karen? Karen. Save me some soap, Karen. Because I'm feeling extra dirty tonight. Rub-a-dub-dub. Tony, I had no idea he was putting the stones to Karen. It's checkout time, Frankie. <laughs> Tony, this blows my mind. I loved you like a father. You disappointed the shit out of me. Welcome to the film with three brains. Uh, it's Sam in San Francisco. And this is Sean in Chicago. And I am Cohen in Maplewood. And we are reviewing the classic from 1988, <laughs> Mob Story, Married to the Mob. The, probably the most famous mafia story. Yeah. Movie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For ever sure. Made. Sure. Yeah. The most um, well-known mob movie ever. Yep. Indeed. For, I mean, it, it beats out my blue heaven only ever so slightly. <laughs> so, <laughs> was that was also somewhere close by. Uh, that was 1990. I looked it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, then. Well, because I'm going to talk about it later. Uh, oh, okay. Nice. All right. Well, to, just to remind people who who might be so young that they didn't actually get to see Married to the Mob in 1988, that it is a comedy starring Michelle Pfeiffer, who is a mobster's. Uh, well, Alec Baldwin is the mobster. Actually, she's she's married to him. Uh, Matthew Modine is an FBI agent, and. Uh, couple other people here but the main thing is is uh just a brief summary she she's married to him decides is decides she wants out of this criminal uh life um and then by i mean maybe luck her husband gets <laughs> murdered by the the uh, crime boss who then in turn starts hitting on her even though she's <laughs> trying to make her escape from the from the uh mafia underworld um and uh then there's a little bit of uh, uh, Emilio Estevez scene type uh, movie mm -hmm. here with uh, the FBI agent Matthew Modine uh, uh, meeting her and dating her yeah. uh, as he's supposed to be watching her. Um, I mean, Richard Dreyfuss, to be exact. I, I would oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Sorry. That's my that's a terrible mistake. I'm glad you... you <sighs> well, I thought you were talking about his, his buddy, you know. Yes. <laughs> Oh well, that too. Uh, Oliver Platt was was fun to see um, as the buddy, and, and some of the scenes were were very like much the same almost. Like yeah, mm -hmm. he's like tapping the the mic to listen in. So before we go down that rabbit hole, I think that's pretty much it for the for the summary of the movie. It's a jealous wife, and I don't know it's. It's a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think? 
Uh, Sean, you want to go first? Sure. Um, so I, yeah, I thought, first of all, I thought, <laughs> I said I had, oh, I think I'm pretty sure I've seen it. I have, I have seen it, but in my head, I was thinking about Moonstruck. Oh, <laughs> very different. Very different. I like that movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I, what was weird is that I kept, I, I debated myself the entire time about whether I had seen it or not. And by the end I was like, no, I have seen this. I just don't remember a damn thing. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm confused by the, the label of satire for this movie. Well, yeah, yeah it, so it, it, just my, 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 uh, one sentence review it you know it's not it's not it's not i don't it wasn't funny enough to be parody and it wasn't clever enough to be satire mm-hmm. so right. it's just not funny you know right. I, I, like i didn't find anything about it terribly funny even though everyone was trying really hard it yeah. seemed yeah and it seemed like nobody really knew what they were doing like not, nothing gelled it, it seemed like every actor had a different idea of what this movie was supposed to be and i think maybe alec baldwin was the closest like there's something about his performance to me that seemed sort of like maybe he he understood what jonathan demi was trying to go for but no one else seemed to especially not uh um the main bad guy from quantum leap oh really uh, i don't know i i felt like his his performance was weird and like way too serious well, well, no, that's the thing. He was playing it yeah. serious. He was playing it straight. Some, some of the stuff, though, was trying to be farcical. Yeah, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. Everything with Matthew and, Modine was like so over the top, and, and his performance is so strange. Like the mugging and the weird voices and shit that, you know, like, <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah. It, but that's, and everyone's accent is so cartoony. Right. I. It was like they said... We're not going to do Naked Gun. <laughs> right. But they were actually, I think, trying to do Naked Gun. Yeah. Without ever having the jokes to do it. Yeah. I, I think, I, I like to think that perhaps Jonathan Demi was trying to do his version of like a French farce, like the birdcage, but like in the mob world. And for whatever reason, it just wasn't working. I think, you know, like, it just you wasn't know, very funny. You know who disagreed with that? Huh. The Academy. <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah, this what did is, they give this? They, oh, well, they nominated him for... Who? Dean Stockwell. Are you yeah. serious? Yeah, yeah, he got he got nominated for Best Supporting Actor, and she got nomin- a Golden Globe nomination for Best Actress. Michelle Pfeiffer this, did? Yeah. I thought it, she was pretty good, I guess, but she also seemed like she was playing it pretty straight. But she, she also seemed some reason, kind of boring to me. Like she's yeah. the star, but she she was actually, for the most part, you know, underutilized. I thought. Yeah. And over makeup. I, yeah, I feel like <laughs> Mercedes Rule and Alec Baldwin kind of had an idea what this was supposed to be, and and I don't think Michelle Pfeiffer and Dean Stockwell really did. Is that their fault or the director? Is that that's Jeff the director's Dennis? fault? I oh, think. Oh yeah, it's got to be. Right? Well, I mean, it's. I mean, I'm sure it's a. Con- I mean, it's, it depends. I guess. I mean, I don't know about anything about directors. Or it's movie, the director's but it fault. Seems, I don't know. It seems that some directors are really hands off with actors. They're like, well, I cast it, you know, for the reason I hire these people to do their thing, and I step back and let them do it. So, but 
on the other hand, if they're doing it wrong, <laughs> if their interpretation isn't what you're trying to do, then, I mean, I guess it's your job as a director to step in and have a chat with them. It's not like anybody in this was such a huge star. I mean, Alec mm. Baldwin ha- had Beetlejuice come out the same year, and that was about it. And Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, I mean, she, <laughs> she, had, she was probably the biggest star in it. Her and Dean Stockwell probably were the biggest stars in it because she had done um, Scarface and... Uh, Grease 2. <laughs> oh, jeez. I was, was kidding. That, I'm kidding. Was that before this? I don't even know. <laughs> but she was in The Witches of Eastwick and... I don't know. Yeah, no, she, she's, she's pretty well known by them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Lady Hawk. <laughs> Lady Hawk. Um, oh, and then, yeah. She's and another Dean, double up. Yeah. Oh. And, and I guess, I mean... It's odd seeing Dean Stockwell playing a role because I, you know, I know he's been an actor. Or he was, I think he's not alive anymore, but he passed um, last fall of Natural yeah. Causes, in New Zealand. Yeah, I mean, he he was an actor for a long time. So, but so unfortunately, I just think of him as Al, you know, from Quantum Leap, mm-hmm. <laughs> which would probably I wonder if that would irritate him to know that. <laughs> that I don't think, think so. No, I don't know. I mean, he. I mean, maybe. I mean. Don't want to put words in his mouth. But. I mean, he's, he's in like Blue Velvet and, you know, real That's movies. True. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and he's, you know, his filmography goes back to, you know, the 50s. So, oh, geez, the 40s. But anyway. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I saw this once when it came out. I have no memory of it. I remember I didn't like it. That's it. It's, you know, so I told you I, one of the reasons I picked this movie is that I've been on this looking at lists of like, okay, where, what lists have top rated movies that I have not seen? You know, mm-hmm. like, like sure. what are the things on IMDb or, or what are the things on, on Rotten Tomatoes that, yeah. that are really high? And this has a 90% from the critics mm-hmm. on Rotten Tomatoes. And I was like, okay, like to me, that's like, 90% it's you know you're in the range of a bad Pixar movie which yeah. is still better than almost every movie you see yeah. you know yeah. and so that just this has blown me away so yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like oh it's going to turn they're going to they're going to actually define what type of movie they're making any second now you know <laughs> and it didn't and I was like okay that's the end must be fantastic because (laughs) (laughs) it's like almost over. There's 20 minutes left and I know it's just going to, you know, it's, it's weird to watch a comedy and not actually laugh. Like you're like, (laughs) like you're seeing just things fall flat. And, you know, I go to enough stand up comedy shows where you're like every now and then someone gets on stage and that happens and you feel really bad. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, it's like maybe they maybe it's the way they put it together maybe you know like why is why during the credits are there a whole bunch of scenes that aren't in the movie the credits were crazy yeah and they're and the the weird thing about them is that they're not mistakes it's not like it's they're not the yeah i'm curious i'm curious if you gave all the raw footage to a really talented editor could that person today make a much better film that's what i wonder like are all the elements there it's just they the director and the editor just chose all the wrong shit I mean, <laughs> it's possible i guess i don't know 
Well, you know, that's what you're saying. Like, you know, you, I'm watching the, the credits and you said Mercedes rules seem to, to have understood it. And you're, you're watching the, those credits and there's actually like, you know, she's, she's sitting, getting pushed through the airport and, you know, yeah. by the, you know, like there's, there's clearly other funny stuff that happens, but, you know, and then I, then, but then you see Michelle Pfeiffer and, and, her kid's bed reading them a story at night and you're like, oh no, maybe they're you know, the touchy-feely thing. And maybe they're like, oh no, we need to cut out the drama and, and increase the comedy or yeah, whatever. I, I don't know. It's just... I, I don't think they ever knew exactly what they wanted. I think that's I think that's what you, you hit the, the nail on the head. It's that, that nobody... They weren't all on the same page. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so compare that to My Blue Heaven. Who, Which I can't remember a scene from that movie except for him giving his social security number. See, to me, that, that <laughs> I always thought of My Blue Heaven as parody. Yeah. I mean, it's straight Steve Martin. Up, you don't think it was... Straight up parody. Him, yeah. him hamming it up big time. Right. You know, no question because everyone's on the same page. Yeah. Um, I don't really... I don't remember it. I remember thinking it was pretty funny. I, I mean, but I don't remember it well enough to say anything beyond that. I've seen it multiple times and I like it. I I would, I would watch that one, um, you know, kind of a rainy day movie and not probably not change it if I was yeah. on <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because I like Steve Martin. I think that that's, and, and I think like you said, they, they know, they know the assignment there. They, you know, it's, it's farce, it's parody. It's over the top, and we all know it, and we're that's what we're that's what we're there for. I think you know, toward, like, there's no real resolution in that either. But I mean, it's, I mean, that's the basis of that movie is um, witness protection program. You know, right? Guy testifying against the mob, witness protection. In this one, it's like, she, what does she do? Drive to the city? I mean, right. she's, she's that's her idea of getting. A, yeah, she escapes to Manhattan. What the hell is that? I, I, and she know, thought they like, wouldn't find him, find her? Right. It, it doesn't make any sense. That's the first thing we said when Sam and I watch it. We're like, you think maybe if she were trying to escape this world, she could have gone a little further than the Lower East Side? <laughs> Go anywhere. <laughs> you got the U-Haul. Like that's, like that's your plan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh-huh. You don't have a job. You could go anywhere. That would be a hell of a lot cheaper than Manhattan, even in 1988. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll go right where the you know basically yeah I mean <laughs> into the middle of New York mob central Manhattan <laughs> so that's I guess that's got to be the writing the right the fault of the writers I guess I guess yeah I I think for all the things that's wrong with this movie I was fascinated to see what other movies these guys did the people the the, the producers and director hmm I mean, well, Jonathan Demme's never really done much in the way of comedy besides this. Like, I well, think uh, something wild. I think some people maybe consider that a comedy. I guess it's not though. Not really. Everything else is pretty damn serious. Silence of the Lambs, Philadelphia. Like, yeah, he, maybe he's just not a comedy guy. You know, maybe he just doesn't have right. a very good sense of humor at all. And that's quite possible. He's got all these music videos, you know, under his belt and, and some pretty serious dramas you know he did he made beloved <laughs> you know? mm-hmm. i don't know i mean maybe this is a, this is a case of you know alfred hitchcock trying to make a comedy 
Right. Yeah. And it might be. Um, cause yeah, when you, when you look at, at what some of the people did and you're like, wait, Philadelphia, like, how do you go from this to Philadelphia? I mean, maybe you do, maybe you're like, well, hey, comedy didn't work out for us. Let's, <laughs> let's go a different direction. Um, you know, the, uh, Edward Saxon, you know, one of the, the, the film producer here, you know, I was, I, I don't know how, how deep you got into these you know, some of the actors were that were actually the producers um, in the movie, and then I, you know, started looking them up, and I'm like, okay, so we have a double double up executive producer of Devil in the Blue Dress, you know, mm-hmm. is, you know, in this movie's producer, you know, but Science Salams, Philadelphia, you know, Yuli's Gold. You're right. There's there's no, none of these things are are comedies adaptation. Mm-hmm. I guess you could mm-hmm. go, but. But very different. Um, yeah, it's I. I don't know. It's just interesting. I've. It's it's kind of like the the band who you hear a song and you love it and you're like, hey, this is a really good album, and then you're like, oh, this is their third album. I'm gonna go back and get their first album and see what it's like. And you're like, holy cow, they evolved. Yeah. <laughs> Also, also, you know, the editor of this, if you look up his filmography, it's like, yeah, he, he edited Philadelphia and he edited, um, uh, you know, Copland and Mm. shining through in Silence of the Lambs and this and she devil, you know, and then surviving Christmas. So clearly, this dude's not, maybe he just doesn't have an eye for comedy. You know, <laughs> maybe his senses just aren't in that area. I don't know. <laughs> you gotta you, you gotta give some put some blame on the actors too, because you were yeah. saying like Modine's weird mannerisms, like their their buddy cop thing. Yeah, that was weird too. Yeah, like what it was, was that? Very weird. That weird, like, ha- uh, high five thing they did. Mm-hmm. I don't. Even, I can't remember what he says. Oliver, I don't remember. Like, bingo yeah. or something. Like, yeah. Bingo. Real slow. I was just like, it wasn't funny. It wasn't. Yeah. We weren't in on the joke at all. We didn't know what the hell their their stuff was. Yeah. Or like them. Bizarre. You know, Tony the Tiger appears and we and they're growling and we're like, Yeah, oh, that was okay. so that was so odd. You're like, is that supposed to be funny? Are we? Are these guys FBI are agents or are they fucking toddlers? You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what was the t- what was the thing with his uh, his? Uh, I'm ready to go at, at a moment's notice. I'm gonna sleep with my. You know, he's got his his socks yeah. ready to put on and his jumps into his pants. And... Right. What was that about? So, okay. So that's what I'm saying is that you have that at the beginning of the movie. You're clearly setting it up to be a farce right he's got like an inspector gadget set up to get his clothing it's like the beginning of peewee's big adventure yes (laughs) totally (laughs) so then you're set up you're like okay i'm waiting for stupid jokes i'm waiting for stupid jokes and then you're and you're like no it's just stupid there's no where's the joke part for yeah it's it's just really dangerous to start a movie off that way (laughs) well you mentioned that the the critics liked it 90 percent but the audience score is like 50, 49, 50, something like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And that made sense to me. I was like, okay, good. Because I was going out of my mind trying to think of why everyone seemed to like this. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying no one should like it. It's I'm not judging 
everyone for liking it. I'm just trying to figure out what they're... <laughs> <laughs> what is what they were liking? <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, the, it makes sense. The critics might like it because they're they're seeing some. They're not thinking about it in terms of, oh, this is a comedy. I need to laugh. They're thinking this is quirky, um, you know, subverting something. And then they it, like some some of the the reviews were like, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer is is just a pleasure to watch. That sort of you know, she's the camera likes her. We we know that we've. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that doesn't mean you should cast her, especially not in this movie. Yeah. Uh, also, in terms of the critics' reviews on and Rotten Tomatoes, like if you look at the dates of these reviews, hmm. they're on the last like five years. Oh, really? Really? Yeah. So, That's like, weird. how are? critics allowing themselves to be tainted by the fact that it's Jonathan Demme. Yeah. You know, who's like, Pfeiffer. who's like film royalty yeah. because of, you know, Silence of the Lambs in Philadelphia, two arguable masterpieces, you know, like what, what were the reviews like, you know, the day, I, you know, when it, the weekend it came out, what were people saying? Mm -hmm. You know, I bet you it wasn't this fucking glowing. And it didn't oh. make any money and not really. It made its money back, right. but it didn't do right. well. It wasn't like a huge hit. So, I don't know. I don't know. I don't buy it. What a 90%. That, get out of here. <laughs> That's bizarre. Yeah, it made $21 million on a $10 million budget. So, it's a su success. Success. Yeah. It only made a $10 million profit. <laughs> It, it got all of these guys to stick together and make a bunch more movies that were way more yeah. profitable yeah. and better. And better. <laughs> or maybe they just didn't write the whole thing all at once. Maybe they, maybe it was like written until New York. And then the, because the Maya, the conclusion of Miami also seems bizarre, yeah. even in the context of the movie itself. You're like, okay, because we're, we're back to complete farce, but I mean, I, I, I didn't know. Like, at that point, I was just kind of tuning out. And I, I was watching, but I was, like, I was just waiting for it to end. Because I, I didn't see how we're supposed to buy into everyone showing up in, this single, in a single room. Um, somehow Mercedes Rule got down there at the same time, even though she got a different flight. I guess, yeah. I mean, you know, I guess that's fine, whatever. But we had, it was like, we had to do the showdown, like... Um, like true romance, except with the comedy, mm -hmm. and no, and no one really. Get, I mean, some people get shot. I don't know. Uh, I mean, yeah, just his rolling around shooting Matthew Modine. It's yeah, just, this is this is just goofy, like without being funny, like bad goofy. I mean, you know, you know that's what they're going for, like because he's tr you know he's doing all these silly things like singing with a barbershop quartet while he's while he's yes. uh, surveying yeah. her, you know. You know, you're like, okay, that's that's silly. That's kind of funny, but you don't. You just you're amused. You're you're still trying to figure out why. Like, why would you? Why would? I don't know. I don't, there's got to be. There's got to be a purpose to some of it. Hmm. And you know, <laughs> is there a purpose to? I mean, okay. So so the the reason that Alec Baldwin gets killed is because he's. Stooping Tony the Tiger's 
um, mistress girl, mm-hmm. whoever. The, the Nancy same girl. Travis. Not, Nancy not Travis. whoever. That's Nancy Travis. Oh, sure. Oh, I, <laughs> of course I know that. But um, <clears throat> why why is she scheduling them like 15 minutes apart? <laughs> right. Is she a totally insatiable or is she just dumb? I don't understand. Yeah. That wasn't too smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that could have been funny. Like, that could have been a funny thing. Like, one of the cops... You know, making, yeah. making an observation, like a funny observation, like, you know, clearly this lady was never a secretary, you know, or whatever, or something, you know, I don't know. And yeah. instead, just nothing. It's like they're trying to, it's almost like they weren't trying to be funny at all. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they kept waiting for something to be funny. Yeah. It just never was. This movie did deliver in double up, so... Yeah. Oh man. This the, this could take us all night. Uh, as as I was going through this movie and watching it, I was like, I was recognizing people like one after the other. I was like, you know what? At some point, we're gonna have to stop doing double ups. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> after you reviewed a hundred movies, you're gonna always have double ups. It'd be hard not to have a double up now. Yeah. Get some obscure foreign films. That'd be that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Or Japanimational, which is growing on you the more I pick it. Yeah. <laughs> well, real quick. Okay, go ahead. You want to go through some? No, please be my <laughs> guest. Because I got like eight people. <laughs> I probably missed some. But there were some really obvious people. We saw Charles Napier, who, mm-hmm. you know, I will always immediately recognize because of Austin Powers. But we, we, we picked him out of Blues Brothers. Cable guy. Um, Cable guy. Yep. Uh, We had, um, we already mentioned Michelle Pfeiffer, uh, Joan Cusack. um, Mm -hmm. We had a gross point blank. Oliver Platt we had in Benny and June. Uh, Tracy Walter we've had twice, or or, no, yeah, twice. And he's Bob the Goon in Batman, and he was the, uh, he was in Repo Man. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. We got, get a little more obscure here. We got David Johansson, who was the, who was in uh, Let It Ride. Yeah. The piano player hmm. is Gary Goatsman, who is the producer for Devil in a Blue Dress. And he mm-hmm. actually produced a bunch of other stuff, too. He's the uh, music supervisor for this movie. Which... Yeah, the music, David Byrne, mm-hmm. you know, no talking heads in there, but um, I don't know. I, what, what did you think? I, I thought the soundtrack had a lot of hit songs and big artists on it, but they weren't David Byrne. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was I was surprised that they would. I mean, eh, I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. I, I thought the music was kind of crap. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what I was surprised that it was that it was kind of crap because I like David Byrne. I like talking heads, but. Maybe it's just because it's it's just too on the nose or just still too goofy. Yeah, it it yeah. it seemed um, sort of like very expected music, you mm-hmm. know, to the point of almost cliche. Where you're like, oh my god, are they really? That's what this sounds like now. Okay, right, right. When they, when <laughs> you know, the romantic very, scenes, you know, like very on the nose. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I don't think it's a, d- a double up, but I, th- I found it amusing that Colin Quinn played a cop without a line. 
<laughs> uh, when Alec Baldwin was killed. We, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he probably had other scenes or a other scene where he had a line or something that got cut since they cut so many scenes, but it was just yeah. funny. As he, pa- he like basically just passed in front of the camera, like an extra. I was like, oh, it's Colin Quinn. His, his big break. <laughs> was um, go, sorry, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to ask if Mercedes Rule is one and, and maybe she's not. I don't think she is, is she? I don't think so. Um, We had uh, the truck driver from Beverly Hills Cop was in here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) That's funny. Jesus, so many. Uh, And Nancy Travis, is this our first Nancy Travis? Yeah, because we haven't done uh, So I Married an Ex. Of course. Not yet. There's There's an... In a tiny, interesting little bit of oh, it's not it's not double up, but it's nope. like sorry, sorry to interrupt. She is a double up. She was in Chaplin. <laughs> oh right, oh, she was. Yeah, wow. I forgot. I didn't see that. Coming. Good. Um, wow. But the the one friend, the one friend of Mercedes Rules who Mercedes Rule who was with um, you know the three friends. Yeah, yeah with John Cusack. Yeah, uh, and then there was the other lady um, whose name I forget. Um, she played a waitress in Cocktail with Tom Cruise. You know, I don't know if you guys read the trivia, but the the writers did several rewrites trying to get Tom Cruise to play Mike, and instead huh. he did, instead he did Cocktail. <laughs> what? Yeah. Wow, that's surprising. I mean, honestly, Cocktail is a better movie, but I'm not going to disagree. It's not saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cocktail's pretty goofy. Yikes. Yeah. So I was surprised at the music because I was like, uh, as, as a Sinead O'Connor fan, I was there. They have her, a song of hers in there for a split second, and it's oh, right when I missed it. Yeah, no, you you, you would miss it because there's no reason, there, and there's no reason they actually used it when when they <laughs> when they did. It's it's the first time you see Tony the Tiger and he's getting out of his car, mm-hmm. and when he's got the car door open, there's music playing, and when he closes the car door, the music stops. Ah. So it's it's on the screen for like two seconds, but it's a song that was like, oh, that's off of you know her second album, and. And I looked up, and it was actually the first release was this movie. I was like, why or how did that end up there? And it was just, I don't know, totally random. But anyway, nice. it's like, okay, so Sinead O'Connor's in there. And yeah, Bizarre Love Triangle. And Chris Isaac, oh, we didn't mention him. Oh, yeah. He's, he's the clown. Yeah. And he's he, he's got a song in there. He's got a song. Yeah. Is he a double up or is he just, just no. interesting that he's in there? I just thought it was interesting that he's in there. Yeah. Killer clown. Yeah. Um, as long as we're on the double ups, I'm going to mention, unless, I don't I assume no one wrote in and, and, and uh, caught this, but uh, when we were doing Ordinary People, we were like, is, I don't, I, you know, I kind of, we kind of glossed over like the cinematographer and mm-hmm. he actually is double up from Groundhog Day and his hmm. name is John Bailey and he actually was the president of the Academy starting in 2017 so he's pretty well known yeah so if someone was listening and they're like well, pissed then yeah the um sorry I missed it uh, the DP of Married to the Mob Tak Fujimoto is extremely 
extremely well-known DP. Um, uh, let's see. He's, I mean, his filmography is, is, is deep. But mostly for the sixth sense. Uh, yeah, I guess. Oh, he, he's a double up too. Cause he did devil in a blue dress. Yeah. Oh. And he also did Ferris Bueller's day off. Um, I mean, he's done a lot. Um, uh, trying to find it, but I can't think of it. What? Did you say the but, name? Uh, Tak Fujimoto. Yeah. Oh, Tak. He also did Gladiator. He did Philadelphia. You know. Hmm. Signs. I mean, some some good looking movies. Yeah. There's a, a lot of successful people all thrown together in this mess. Yeah. There's people that um, that are pretty complimentary. Jonathan Demme, his his style of directing, like. Um, I think Paul Thomas Anderson. I don't know where I read that, but yeah, yeah. I think possibly Wes Anderson. I don't know. No, I don't. Well, I wouldn't say that. I don't think I read... uh, the only the only credit I will ever give to Wes Anderson is that he. I don't think he ever like aped anybody else. Like his thing is his thing. I think. I just yeah, don't I do like, too. I just I mean... don't like his thing anymore. I'm just saying people that, that listed him as an inspiration, I guess. Yeah. Should... Well, I mean, I think Paul Thomas Anderson, Martin Scorsese is the, probably the number one okay. influence on him. Just looking, especially in Magnolia, if you watch the camera work in that, it's very good fellas. Oh, okay. Well, they also mentioned close-ups. Yeah. You know, how he, how Jonathan Demme does close-ups in them. Mm-hmm. And I wish I'd read that before the movie because I could have probably paid attention to it more, but. Yeah. I mean, nothing, I don't know, I don't know, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I never, I've never really thought of Jonathan Demi as sort of a, a director with some sort of like a calling card, you know, like a visual calling card, the way Martin Scorsese kind of has this thing and Spike Lee has this thing looking at, talking to the camera shit and mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino has his own style, you know, and obviously Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm. Jonathan Demi, I don't know. I never really, he just made a couple of really, really, really great movies. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know if he has a known for. Well, I guess yeah. I'm, what I'm what I'm wondering is that isn't isn't that like close ups and stuff, a lot of that is the the job of the DP, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's like a gray area, you know. It's like I I would imagine. I mean, Unless again, it says I know, close I never, up right in the script, right? Right. Well, I mean, I've never been on a film set, so I can't tell you. But I, the, you know, as far as I understand it, you know, the director and the DP work hand in hand, and some directors are very hands off and some are very hands on. Um, you know, some directors want to work with the actors. Some want to let the actors do their thing and focus on, you know, the shots and stuff, or mm-hmm. you know, the action. If there's if it's an action movie, you know, I don't know. I think all the all, most directors are, are different. You know. Um, like Alfred Hitchcock famously had nothing but contempt for actors. He hated that he had to work with them. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted robots. You know, and then there's other directors who are like, I hired the people who are the best for the job, so I don't have to deal with it. You know, they do their thing and they're great. Yeah. And I focus on, you know, shot selection and camera placement and stuff like that. You know, so I think it just depends. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you know, a lot of films are storyboarded, you know, there, then that right there is going to, 
predetermine how a DP shoots things, you know. <laughs> I mean, most films are storyboarded, especially the bigger budget stuff where they do like previs and shit, where they're actually doing rough animation before they do the real animation to lay everything out so they know how it's all going to come together because there's so many, so many moving parts. Mm -hmm. And if you make the Matrix, then they sell the storyboard as a separate book. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Which is interesting. All right, so we've we've said it's not funny, it's weird to made, <laughs> um, <laughs> and yet there are you know talented people in it. I'm some so I have like, like a, let's find out, let's find something we like about it. <laughs> I have well, I kind of liked in Mercedes Rule a little bit, and I think I like, and, yeah. and I think the reason is is she remind her her role her her performance in this reminds me of something else, and I can't think of what it is. It's really torturing me. Like a character who's always like running after the main characters, you know, trying to like insert themselves into the main narrative, but always being pushed aside. And like, there's something in my brain and I, as a movie where that happened and I can't think of what it is and it's going to bother me. So, so for me, the, the, the scene that was, it, it totally made me think of like Flight of the Concords was when they're in the grocery store and she's threatening her. Yeah. And she takes the eggs and just crushes them in her hand like to be medicine. Yeah. <laughs> it's just making a mess. Yeah. It was such a perfect like. Yeah. That was funny. <laughs> like, like, yeah, that was the best yeah. scene in the movie. If they could have strung a few more of those together, you know? this this would have been watchable. It's like, like <laughs> you just. <laughs> Are you counting in your head? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, that was perfect. Yeah. I was like, that's, that's what they needed to do. I yeah. liked, I guess I liked the, uh, the burger world, not the burger, whatever they called that burger place they went to clown burger, clown burger. No shit. Anyway, there's so the song that they sing about it was, uh, yeah. was somewhat amusing. I was like, Oh, they're, you know, they're all excited about going to eat burgers. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, and then the other cars are like those things suck. <laughs> <laughs> Charred animal flesh is not my idea deal of a good meal. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean I guess that that was a setup for like a a a hit. Yeah. That's never explained. Oh yeah. That <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Continuity was lost there. And then he goes down to Miami. Was that was he supposed to talk to a, a mob boss in Miami or something? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Right? Wasn't that trying to? That's why he was going down there. Yes. Quickly explained between non jokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You could totally remake this movie. It hasn't been done in a while, sure. and you could actually spend time writing it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Right. What you know? It's an interesting thing where. <clears throat> you think about all the movies that have been remade or could be remade, I suppose. But this one, it seems like such a simple remake in that there's nothing terribly dated about it. Exactly. Just, you know, I mean, yeah, hmm. the costumes and the hair are dated, I guess. But it, I don't know. Everything else, like technology doesn't affect the story. Modern advances don't really affect the story. You know, like a different time frame doesn't really affect the story. You wouldn't have to set it in 1988. You could just set it now and it wouldn't change a whole lot. You could set it in 1988 and make fun of the eighties. Yeah. You know? Like you'd have sure. that one more thing to make fun of. Right. You know? Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing too. It's like that that is a good point. Like the 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 costumes and the hair like were they poking fun at the 80s? I don't know because that's what shit looked like. Right. <laughs> you know. It was but, ridiculous. <laughs> but at the time, like there were people who dressed like that and wore their hair like that. It was very common. Mhm. Yeah. Was <laughs> when she so she gets a job at, in that hairdressing shop, and uh, she gives someone a, a, a cut and a style, and she's like, "You're what is she? You're an artist, or you're a genius, or something like that." And it was like braids and shit. Yeah, <laughs> it looked like shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, okay, we'll just ignore that. Yeah, That's fine. yeah, yeah. yeah. Indeed. All right. What are we doing next? Um, are we are we to that already? Uh, we skipped our housekeeping with the uh, you know how old should you be? <laughs> should anybody watch us? I mean, I don't nobody. Know. Nah, don't. Okay, bother. skip that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we're saying we should. It should be remade. It could easily be re- yeah. remade. And I think it's right for oh, the weekend. I, is, I don't know if it's worth mentioning, but I think it's interesting when someone, someone of Jonathan Demme's pred, uh, pedigree, you know, when you find out that he came from, you know, the Roger Corman sort of school of filmmaking, you know, he worked for Roger Corman at the beginning of his career. A lot of people did. A lot of people who have gone on to do like really great things. So I don't know. I always find that interesting when you see someone who has been so successful come, you know, from underneath Roger Corman's wing, you know, because there's a lot of them. And it's fascinating. It's like Roger Corman was never capable of making a good movie, but he certainly made really great filmmakers, you know, mm. or at least helped them along the way in some capacity. And that could be almost a double up too, because isn't Roger Corman the basis of that uh, John Goodman movie we did? Yeah. Well, no, I don't actually. I don't think it was Roger Corman. Right. Someone I forgot his name. Oh yeah, it's real nice. real dude, sort of like Roger Corman, but I think predates probably Roger. Corman, okay, maybe. Gotcha. Maybe. I forgot. That's no, that sounds right, because I don't it doesn't Corman doesn't sound right. Yeah. Alright. So, uh next. What are we doing next? That's me, right? Yeah, that's you. Alright, so we are doing Wait one second. Okay. <laughs> William Castle. Yes. William Castle. That's was, was it William Castle? Yeah. 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 The matinee was based on William Castle. Right, right. Yeah. All right, so uh, next film we're doing is from 1990. It is a comedy. It's actually are you, are fu- you sure? It, it's actually funny. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I think it is. I'm afraid if I tell you the actual, more specific genre, it'll give it right away. But I'll tell you, it's a horror comedy. Perhaps you might call it a creature feature. Uh, horror comedy um let's see how can i how can i hint further uh it spawned a whole franchise of substandard sequels but the first one's quite good and you know the i was already thinking of chucky and i don't know if i'm at the right no time period well sort of but but child's play is not really creature feature oh yeah you said creature yeah Oh, no, no. What? I was going to say Critters. That's yeah, 80s. No. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah. Critters, Gremlins is too early. I don't think of them as creature uh, features either, though. I think what? Creature critters is definitely well, creature. Well, I don't know. I think a creature feature is like a big old monster. All right. 
Oh, creature but has I, to be yeah. so, sort of big. I guess that's just my little stupid brain. Oh, yeah. So ET's <laughs> not a creature. No, he's he's just. It's, um, it's let's see it's uh <laughs> takes place in, in in the middle of nowhere tremors yep yeah oh, of course <laughs> i should have picked that one over <laughs> of course it's time for tremors it's it's yes. it, it's been in my list for so long ago i, I nearly it watched there. it the other day and i was like no we're gonna pick this one for sure i'm waiting i'm waiting <laughs> Uh, it's and it's been in my mind a lot too because of the sandworms and you know the oh. in, uh, in Dune. Dune yeah yeah I was like, <laughs> the graboids in Dune graboids <laughs> yes <laughs> cool yeah uh, that's that's a fun pick all right so you where do you get to see it you get to see it uh, where the hell can you see Tremors. Um, huh. Roku channel. I guess it's on no on it's premium subscription. Uh if you have stars it's on that. I guess you can see it on AMC, but the app but it's probably with commercials or something weird like that. Hmm. Amazon has it for rent, it's probably Yeah, it's the best. I hate to interrupt this movie with commercials. <laughs> I haven't seen it since we saw it in the theater together. Really? What? Yeah. That's insane. I have not seen it again. Huh. You either have incredible discipline or you just... Uh... <laughs> incredible discipline. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember thinking it was that great. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Ooh, okay. interesting. Maybe I'll be wrong. All right. The save audience it. loves it a lot more than they love the movie I just reviewed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Save it All for right. the next episode. <laughs> Sweet. Tremors it is. All right. Well, then, Married to the Mob has been a, a hit. Oh. oh. <laughs> hey. Yes. Probably our, our best um, best episode, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah at, least, at least in days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, we'll uh, see you again soon. I All mean, right, that's it. enough movie buff. Oh. I'm out. All He's right. done. Bye. Thanks for listening. That's the film with your pants. Gabagool, there we go. The bad's music.